The glory days of the Atlanta Housewives is gone. It's over. It will never be what it was. Never. Season nine is the last season where Atlanta Housewives was in its glory days. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. I've executive produced top-rated programs such as eight seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Additionally, I have created shows such as Netflix's Darling Hollywood, owns number one rated love and marriage franchise and TV One's Hollywood Divas, just to name a few. So y'all know I have many jobs, child, okay? Just saying. New episodes of Reality with the King will air once a week on Wednesdays. We'll resume airing twice a week in June. In the meantime, make sure you catch my new late night talk show, The Nightcap with Carlos King on the Oprah Winfrey Network every Saturday night starting May 14th, immediately following Love and Marriage DC. Hey, raindrops. That's my beehive. Beyonce has beehive. Nicki Minaj has the barbs. Rihanna has the navy. Mariah has the lambs. Carlos King has the raindrops. So, and it's R-E-I-G-N drop. So it's rain, because my company's called Kingdom Rain. So my loves are called the raindrops. Hey, raindrops. So look, I am so excited about this episode because I get to chat with one of my dear friends every once in a while, or maybe once every blue moon, you meet somebody and you just click and you hit it off. And it's sort of like you two have known each other forever. It's this weird connection. Um, Not a love connection, because I'm not Chuck Woolery, but it was sort of like, this is my brother from another mother, because he and I speak the same language. When I talk to him, we are literally on the phone for two hours. He is a New York Times bestselling author, He is a People Magazine editor or contributor, and he is one of my dearest friends, in addition to being a housewives connoisseur. Yes, I'm talking about the living legend, Dave Quinn. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Carlos, uh, you have to add president of the Raindrops Club, because now (laughs) I I would like to lead that up because I'm your biggest fan and I am so thrilled to be here and so proud of, listen, listen, you have been successful. You've done so much and uh, all your shows continue to kill it but this podcast is such a joy and I've been listening every week and just so thrilled for all of your success so I'm honored to be here right now. Really honored. Thank you, Dave. No, listen, I'm honored to be here with you. You are one of my dearest friends. I love you so much and I could not think of a better person to kick off the season premiere of Atlanta Housewives than you. Ugh, I mean, and what a season this is already setting up to be with some of the backstage drama, the women doing their own photo shoots and their own promos. What about that? 
I, I'm living for it all. First of all, that's a gag based on everything that's been happening in social media mm-hmm. with people saying tons of things. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so to know that these Atlanta cast members spent their own money to do their own photo shoot was very interesting. But from what I was told, they did this without Bravo knowing about it, only because they did not like the promo photo that Bravo did pay for. Is that what you heard too? That's what I heard too. And honestly, the the photo that they came out with is gorgeous. I mean, they look beautiful and there's an energy about it that the other one doesn't really have. And I think it's because of the fact that they all came together in that way. Um, I'm all for it. I would love for this. I think this is a make or break Atlanta season. Oh, I'm telling you it is. Yeah. So I I think that they are all showing up and doing their jobs. And I, uh, I love to see it. And I think you saw that in the premiere. Yeah. So let's get right into it. I watched the premiere and drum roll, please. I liked it. Yes. That's big. I enjoyed the premiere episode. I thought it was a solid effort. Um, I give it a B plus. Good. I really enjoyed it. And let me hear from you, Dave. Did you enjoy the season premiere of the Atlanta Housewives? I did. And for me, it's all that first uh, scene in the episode where you have Kenya and Candy and Marlo and Sheree all together, all kikiing, all catching up in, uh, I think it was Kenya's dance studio, right? And it just felt organic and real. These real friends having a great time. The energy was outstanding. I loved seeing them all back together. And I kind of miss Cynthia because I love Cynthia Bailey, but it still felt, I just love the energy of it all. And I think that that is going to be the thing that carries them through this year. Oh, for sure. I thought the first scene was great. Listen, Kenya is our favorite. We love Kenya. She's one of our favorites because we, we love all the cast members. Because God forbid I say someone's my favorite, it would break the internet <laughs> again. So Kenya Moore is one of our favorites because she's a fantastic reality star. So to see her open up the premiere, dancing with the stars, with her guy, Brandon, and to see Marlo come in giving you good old Dorothy Dandridge look, sort of mocking Kenya's costume appearance on Dance with the Stars, I thought was genius. Genius. So fun. And then, you know, the charade of it all is incredible. And I have a little tea to spill about this. I'm sure you know this, but your audience may not know this. I heard through some well-placed sources that charade literally signed her contract minutes before filming that scene that she got a phone call while she was at the gym that said, your contract went through come on by we're filming and she picked her ass up from the treadmill and ran on over drove on over to that scene got mic'd up and came in that's why you see her she's got no makeup on her hair in a messy ponytail and the girls are freaking out about her appearance because they didn't know she was coming and that is why i think it's so good because she sheree you know we're big sheree fans comes and delivers like dominoes and she is just in it right away. I loved every second of it. Oh, no, listen. Sheree needs to be on the show for the rest of the history of Atlanta Housewives. Sheree was on my podcast and she is super underrated. I've said it before. I say it again. She's super underrated. 
But, oh my gosh, you just dropped some exclusive tea. I did not know that, Dave Quinn, that Sheree was called and told, your contract is good, go to work. And that's why when she showed up, because I was like, for this to be Sheree's, like, entrance back into the show, I'm like, my girl couldn't put on some heels, couldn't wear a nice little (laughs) cocktail dress. But now it all makes sense. And it's, I have to say, one of my favorite conversations that I had for the book uh, was with you. And you talked to me about when you came back to the show, I believe it was season eight. Correct. And you brought Sheree with you. And that was a big thing for you, that the second Sheree entered into that party, none of the women knew she was coming. And Kenya saw her and immediately picked up the ball and started running with it and started throwing those jabs. And that's where we got the baseboards and, you know, and all of that house fighting. That is exactly what I saw in this moment. She walked in and you saw Kenya's eye. And then Kenya, you know, immediately the questions start coming. What's going on with the guy you're dating? Is he still in prison? And it's like... She knew what to do. And that's what I love about the Atlanta women, because, and especially Kenya, they work. They know the job and they do their job. No, 100%. Kenya is the uncredited executive producer of the Atlanta Housewives. I will go on record saying it. Kenya and Sheree are the best producers on Atlanta Housewives because when they are in a scene, they know what to do in order for that scene to be entertaining and interesting. The rest of those women, no shade to them, they need producing. They need someone to tell them, or should I say remind them, (laughs) that you're (laughs) on a reality show, be real. So Kenya and Sheree are always frustrated because they feel like, why are you bitches here not doing anything? Like we all have to show up and show out. And that's why when Marla walked into that scene, I'm going to go on record and say this, rename the show The Real Marlo of Atlanta. Because, baby, (laughs) this season, I can tell you already from the first episode, this is Marlo Hampton's season. She is the force multiplier that our mutual friend Dave Ebony K. Williams coined. This is Marlo's season, period. Yeah. And and going to work is an important part of this job that I think fans as viewers get really clouded by because they often hate and complain about the people who are actually doing the job. They're doing the work. They're making things happen, which is why going back to Ebony, I was so frustrated as a viewer of New York seeing the discourse against her when I was like, why do we have people like Luann and Ramona, who are legends in the housewives industry, walking out of scenes and not saying anything? anything like these are people who need to do their jobs and their jobs is you don't like what we're talking about give me something else to talk about period come on be a give me reality so i appreciate that this is going to be you know marlo hampton's atlanta and we are all just living in it (laughs) because she's come she's doing her job she's been doing her job every time she's been on the show in the past now listen marlo has been on the show for 10 years and she finally has a peach is well deserved And I want to remind the Atlanta Housewife fans of this. The glory days of the Atlanta Housewives is gone. It's over. It will never be what it was. Never. Season nine is the last season where Atlanta Housewives was in its glory days. And the season 10 reunion is the last reunion where the Atlanta Housewives 
were in their glory days of a reunion. Now, when yes. I say that, that's not shade. What I'm saying to y'all is this. We have to accept the fact that Atlanta Housewives will never be what it once was. The heyday of NeNe Leakes. Like you said, even Cynthia Bailey, Phaedra Parks, Portia. Those days are gone. And what I remember, talk about some exclusive tea for you, Dave, because you, you poured one in my cup. Let me pour one in yours, honey. <laughs> dip, dip. <laughs> so look, I told the producers, season 11, because I was asked to come back to produce Atlanta Housewives. And I couldn't make it work for business reasons. And what I said to the producer of that show... I said, at the end of the day, make the show great. Stop complaining about what it used to be and start accepting what it can be. And I said, once you start doing that, you will have a good season. And I think season 14 premiere showed me that if you focus on what the show can be, you'll have a great show. So that wasn't me throwing shade about the glory days not being what it is today. What I'm saying is... I watched season 14, and for the first time since I left the show season 9, I said, this is a brand new Atlanta, and I'm very interested in where this is going to go. Yes, I feel the exact same way. You know, I had a conversation with some producers towards the end of last season, and they were candidly just asking me what my thoughts were about, you know, if the show came back next year, what I would like to see. And I said, the first thing that I want is just, they got to get rid of all these friends because there were so many friend voices. I think last season there was just as many friends as there were full-time housewives. So it was like, you need to clear out the noise. Um, and I think that's exactly, you're such a good point. This is t turning the corner. Now the noise is gone. We're really focusing on our core cast. And I think the results show in this premiere. Absolutely. And what the results also showed is, Marlo, I love you, but you are no Tyler Perry. Because that invitation, <laughs> I'm with Kenya. It was botched, like Terry <laughs> Dubrow's TV show on E! Honey, <laughs> it was very Perry Mason, not Tyler Perry. Like, I could not get past this ridiculous invitation when a beautiful model who's a size two walks up with a laptop that was used from Apple Genius Store and you want to miss thing to flip it open, press the space bar button to hit play and I'm supposed to watch it when I've seen Tyler Perry give a hold box to these celebrities. Marlo, I love you. That was an epic fail, sis. <laughs> it was very Karen Huger. <laughs> you know, she's she's pulled those stunts before with those invites to things. Uh, but it, you're right. It, it did not succeed. Now, I'm curious, without being shady, I'm not trying to be shady here, but what are your thoughts about Portia not being part of the show right now? Do you feel her absence? Yes. It's not a... It's, but, but when I say yes, it doesn't mean I desire for her to be back. I've spoken to a lot of people and they all said something was missing when they watched the premiere. And what I challenged them on was what I said earlier was stop wishing what it used to be. So do I miss Portia? Yeah, but I also miss Nene. I miss, I miss, I miss everybody. But I do believe based on this new cast, the new era of the Real Housewives of Atlanta is going to be Marlo, Drew, and Sanya. Wow. And when I say that, this is what I mean. They're trying to show a new Atlanta, 
And those three women are going to be the future of the franchise. And it's nothing against Kenya, Sheree, and Candy, who's great. It has nothing to do with them. What I'm saying is when you look at, for example, New Jersey, Teresa was always the mainstay. But when they brought in Margaret and Jackie and Jennifer Aiden, Teresa and Melissa were always the main girls, but it was a different energy brought into that show. And now Jersey is having the best season it's had in years. So what I'm saying is Marlo, Drew, and Sonya are the future of the franchise And although it's still up in the air, if their impact is going to be felt this season, what I will guarantee you is this. Those three will be on the show for a long time. I can see that for sure. And especially with Drew, I mean, she certainly seems to be delivering story, story, story. I mean, that was what we got, if not maybe too much story from her, her first season. I struggle sometimes when housewives come on the show and their first season, their first introduction to them is I'm in a bad marriage because I don't really root for you because I don't really know you and I don't really know your relationship to be anything but bad. So I'm just kind of like, why are you in here? And turn again, you know, it's still in a bad place. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's in a better place. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm rooting for Drew right now. Though I am a Step Up fan forever, so I will always love her from Step Up. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a TLC biopic fan, and she killed the role as T Boz, honey. She killed it. She killed it, and I think she's super talented. She is, but I worry that there's a little bit of a performance there, and I, you know, that when you're an actor and you come onto the show and you have that, I think sometimes it's hard to reveal your reality, and I wonder how much this stuff between her and her husband is is performative. I could not agree more. I met Drew Sedora at Sheree's fashion show. Yes, I attended because I was invited. The fashion show with fashions. Well, look, I'm not allowed to say what happened, but <laughs> all I'll say is I was there and Juice Adora was there and I guess her leg was broken, child, because she had a cast and I was like, how dreadful. But anyways, <laughs> I walked up to Drew and I spoke to her and Drew asked me, she said, do you like me? And I said, yeah, why wouldn't I? She said, I don't think you like me. And I said, why, why wouldn't I like you? She said, because when someone posted a picture <laughs> of the housewives and I was in it, you gave everyone else a compliment but me. And I said, oh, my God, oh. Drew, I'm so sorry. I said, listen, ask anybody who knows me. I'm not a mean person. Like, I don't, I'm not mean. I'm shady, but I'm not no. mean. And I said, I know those girls. So I was giving my girls compliments, but I didn't mean to offend you because I didn't say anything about you. And we started to follow each other. But with that being said, I also struggle with whether or not her and Ralph are giving us great content. That's real because it's interesting. But to your point, when you are an actress, are you able to turn off that acting hat the way Garcelle does it so beautifully on Beverly Hills? Lisa Renna. I don't mind her being performative because I need it on that show. Yes. But to your point with Drew, the jury is still out. I, I like her so much. I, I And it's the thing is, I struggled with her last season because her, the lobbied criticism she had towards Kenya seemed unwarranted based on what I saw. It seemed like it was coming from her as a fan of the show, as a viewer, and her, her experience of watching Kenya in the past. And listen, I mean, Kenya made a comment about her wigs 
did you have you watched? I mean, the wigs improved after Kenya made that comment. So it's like I hate to say it, but she took the note. Like, honey, so, she took the bottle uh, of shampoo from Kenya Moore hair care hoodie <laughs> and and massaged that scalp. She's looking great, except for the crescent roll. Uh, everything is looking real. Uh-uh. <laughs> that split screen was hilarious. That split screen with with that and the the strawberry candy. Oh my God! The truly original editors, y'all are shady. I live for it. The shady Bravo <laughs> editor. No, let's talk about the Drew Sedora before and after picture of the alleged weight loss. Yeah, was it a weight loss because you're in the gym, or was it a weight loss because you were on some allegedly on the doctor's bed getting a cosmetic surgery? What do you think, Dave? It's very Teddy Mellencamp all in. I'm I'm all in. I want to know what the what the tea is. Like, what is this all about? Now you're doing weight loss. I I think. You know, I've, I've thought about this, Carlos, of starting like a housewives consultant firm. Like there are pageant consultants, like I could be a housewives consultant and they could come to me and say, what do you think my business should be? And I can tell them, not that. And this is one of those things with Drew. I don't know if I would have encouraged her to go down this pathway because I'm not sure it's a lucrative business. Um, you know, Sheree, if Sheree had a workout business, that would make sense. She lives a, a workout lifestyle it would make sense to me i haven't seen enough of that from drew to understand how connected it is to her uh but this <laughs> this is it's it's very i'm still strange. stuck are you mentioning teddy mellicamp <laughs> all what? in she has which she has so an accountability <laughs> it's not shady it's just that's her job that's the her business is the same business <laughs> okay Let's talk about one of my other favorite shady moments. The fact that Marlo alleged that Kenya Moore was driving around in Lisa Ray's Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> the layers to this were so incredible. The, the Marlo-Kenya back and forth will always be a joy to me. These women know how to throw shade towards one another that cut real deep. And this is ridiculous as anything. I'm completely here for it. I want the entire uh, controversy to play out over multiple episodes. Yes. Now, I'm talking to Kenya in a few weeks, and I will definitely get the answer on whether or not she was driving around in Lisa Ray's white <laughs> Range Rover, because I need to know that. But anyways, so... One of the highlights of the episode was obviously Marlo's event, um, the misspelling of the word, because Kenya's a wordsmith. So, of course, she caught that shade. But the one thing that I want to tell Marlo is, I know you're excited to have a peach, and it's been 10 years in the making. But be careful about being too overly excited, because when she was trying to get a moment out of Kenya based on what Sheree and Sonya told her that the other girls were saying. The reason why Kenya didn't give Marlo anything is because Kenya knew you're trying to get a moment and I'm not going to give you anything. And Marlo looked at her very disappointed like, you really aren't going to let me have this moment, Kenya. I have a peach, and I'm trying to give you um, an alley hoop, and you're not going to slam dunk it. Marla was pissed, and she walked off in embarrassment and spoke to the producers 
because I know that that was going to be the moment that she felt like I'm now a housewife because when you are a housewife and your event is the season premieres finale, that's a big deal for you. And I think Marla was pissed at Kenya because Kenya paid it. Well, listen, Kenya has sat back for years and years and watched Marlo come in to scenes, right? And cause disruption and walk on out completely unscathed. You're going to have to work a little bit harder for Kenya Moore. She is the smartest. I would put her up in the maybe the top three smartest housewives of all time. Agreed. Uh, sh- she knows exactly what she's doing at all times. I'd put Giselle up there. I'd put... Yes. Lisa Renna up there, probably. Yes. Um, these women know what they're doing. And I, I do not think that she uh, was going to give anything to Marlo that Marlo didn't earn. And that was a case that Marlo didn't earn it. Also, it's not like she was the only one talking smack. Everybody said something. So that, that gossip train is not going to play well back when there's a camera catching everything you're saying. No, no. And that was the thing. That's why I was like, nice try, Marlo. But I get it. This means a lot to you. But my concern about Marlo this season is I don't want her to feel like she has to have a moment every time a camera is on her. Because I did enjoy the moment at home with her nephews. I thought that was a beautiful moment that she had. And I'm rooting for Marlo to win. But I did have Sheree on my podcast, and Sheree did tell me Marlo has below the belt this season. So I'm a little concerned about my girl. So, But listen, it sounds like, based on listening to that episode, it sounds like she goes after Candy, and they have mm-hmm. some back and forths. And again, great, let's bring it out of Candy. Candy's been coasting in a lot of people's eyes for multiple seasons. I think Candy brings a lot. I'm a big Candy fan. Um, I went to the restaurant and everything. I love the spinoff, but I think that Candy, you know, knows how to play when the when the ball is lobbied her way. So, great. Let's step her up, too. Now, all the girls need to step up, but the good news is you and I both agree that this was a great season premiere. We're looking forward to seeing more episodes. And again, as of now, the show should be called The Real Marlo of Atlanta. <laughs> and I promise you one thing. If I do not see Marlo with an old white man that she's dating, I'm going to be very disappointed. It's a Big Papa 2.0. I want to see it. I want to know what's going on here. Yes! I think that that's the mystery. We want to know who she's dating. Carlos, we can't move on from this, though, without talking about the new girl, because everyone's going to think you hate her if you don't talk about her. Oh, my God! Is that shady? (laughs) We're not being shady. We're just talking about the ones we know very well, but... Tell me what your thoughts are on the newest housewife. Listen, the jury's still out. I, I, she's very accomplished, and I'm happy for her accomplishments. I will say this. Her husband is the most attractive man that has ever been on Atlanta Housewives. He is stunning. And I apologize, Peter Thomas, because you know I love you. Her man is so fine, he beats Juan Dixon to me, Apollo Nida, Eddie Osofo. Saya got the best-looking husband on reality television. I, I, she is very attractive, though Evan Goldschneider would like a word. Oh, yes! No, dang! 
Dave, no, no, Dave, no, I'm, I'm gagging. You know what? Keep talking. It may be a tie. Keep talking. Let me process that bomb you dropped because I'm gagging. <laughs> no, I think he's very attractive. I am excited to see she's Jamaican. Right. I'm excited to see a Jamaican housewife. And, you know, in the same way that I think Wendy, Dr. Wendy Asafo introduced us to kind of a new culture within the uh, the community in Potomac. I'm excited to see what, you know, the Jamaican flavor brings to Atlanta. No, I am, too. I'm, too. So I'm, I'm very intrigued with that. But listen, I did say that Marlo, Drew and Sonia are the future of the show. And I'm curious to see how they're going to carry on for the rest of the season. Sonya gives me the new candy, accomplished, hard worker, interesting family dynamic. So I, I think that. I think what Drew Sador is doing, I agree with you. I'm hopeful that she puts down the script and allows herself to be seen more because I do think there's something there. I love Ralph. I definitely think Ralph and Drew are giving me love and marriage Atlanta with their historic marital problems. I'm not going to say that Ralph is a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, allegedly. But what I will (laughs) say is if I was married to Ralph, that man would never leave the house because I wouldn't trust him. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely needs location (laughs) <laughs> services on at all times on his phone. I need to know where he is. Uh, I, I also would not trust it. I need to know the password. And no flights to Tampa ever. You're not allowed ever in the, in Tampa, period. And I need <laughs> for social media, if you haven't done it yet, you know, Dave, that they're going to find out who that woman was that offered rap a massage because when they were reading her hashtags on Instagram, you know these housewife fans are going to do a deep dive with the hashtag and uncover this woman who offered a married man a massage. And then posted some, like, cryptic tweet about, or cryptic Instagram message about how, like, you know, I'll get whatever I want sort of thing. Was that what, if I remember correctly? Yeah, no, 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 no. If Carlos King were producing that season, (laughs) I have a feeling we would see that woman. (laughs) Woman would be brought in whether you liked it or not. She there she would be showing up. Honey, she would have showed up to Marla's event if I was producing yeah, it. Exactly. And sat right next to next to Kenya. You okay. As a surprise. Who are you? I'm the masseuse. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been, they would have gone to a massage class and yes. she would have been the teacher and then she would have casually brought it up. I mean, listen, it writes itself. It's all right there. We'll be right back after some quick ads. This is Reality with the King. You and I talk for hours. We can't do it on this podcast, but I got to pick your brain on some new tea that's brewing in Potomac. Oh, yes. I love Potomac. How do we feel about Ashley Darby filing for divorce with Michael? Okay. I mean, I think the fans feel like it's a long time coming, but uh, there's lots of questions I'm hearing surrounding it. You know, is this something that she's doing just for the show because he didn't want to film? Is this something that, uh, and that would explain why he didn't want to film. So wait, hold on. Is Michael not filming this season? I have heard that Michael is not filming this season. (gasps) 
So this is a question, right? Did she do that? There was rumors that she tried to buy a house with Michael before they went public with their split. Uh, so what's that about? I mean, there's lots of questions. Everything with Ashley and Michael for the entire time they've been on the show, there's been questions about what's really going on behind the scenes. I think Ashley Darby is a phenomenal housewife. I yes. think she knows how to deliver great television. And uh, I would love to see the liberation of Ashley Darby away from somebody who's not making her happy. At the end of the day, all I care about is her happiness. But I do like that there's a big cloud of question around it all because it just makes it that much more interesting to watch. You always have the tea, Dave. <laughs> yes! Exclusively heard here for the first time, allegedly, Michael Darby has not been filming this current season of The Potomac Housewives. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, listen, we all want to know what he's up to, too. But Oh, I think we know what he's up to, honey. (laughs) Those fans will find out. I think we know what he's up to, what he's into, what he's behind, what he's bending. I think we know a lot of what Michael Darby is doing, child. I don't I don't think we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I love Potomac. I can't wait for it to come back. And I've heard other things about this season. It's pretty intense. Did you hear what I heard? about Giselle and Candace and Chris Bassett? I sure have. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. And I'm sure you you heard more than I have. (laughs) I heard Giselle is allegedly accusing Chris Bassett of being inappropriate to the women on the show. I mean, wouldn't that be completely shocking to you? I, I feel like we have watched Chris Bassett on every season of the show, be the voice of reason. I love the, him. The calm one. He has done nothing but stand beside his wife, even when most people, I think, feel like she didn't deserve to have someone standing by him. Uh, he has been there. I think he is a loyal, loving person. So if that accusation is lobbied, um, that would be really shocking to me and kind of makes me wonder how, because that is just so not Chris. Did you hear that too? I've heard rumors of those similar things, yes. And it's confusing to me. And, you know, I I love Giselle. We both talk about how much we love Giselle and how what a great housewife she is. But mm-hmm. I, I, I do wonder whether she's been mistreated by men for so long that she is confusing kindness with malice. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, I, I'm not in this. I don't know all the details, but... Uh, just hearing that from what we're what we, you and I are talking about right now, that seems confusing to me that Chris would ever do something like that. Uh, then again, I believe women, so I want to be supportive of all. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, no, and listen, I'm with you in terms of, I think Chris Bassett is such a great guy. I think it's so out of character for him to be anything but respectful to everybody. And if that is what is happening on this season of Potomac Housewives, now I understand why Candace Dillard has unfollowed Giselle. And let me tell you something. If I'm getting a Candace versus Giselle Bryant this season, oh, honey, (laughs) sign me up and inject this season in my veins. Candace versus Giselle? To talk about two titans of reality TV, that would be incredible television. And I'd be curious to see where someone like Robin falls on all of this. Because while many people believe that she is traditionally on Giselle's side all the time, do you think she would be in this case? I don't know. I don't know. Well, she is supposed to be the reasonable one out of the reasonable shady clique. So we shall see with that. But I definitely need to see more of Juan Dixon. 
this season. And the only other thing I heard about Potomac this season is the fact that Candace may only have one friend, and that's Wendy. (laughs) I heard that Candace and Karen had a moment, and it seems to be that Candace may, I don't know, be navigating some troubled waters with the friendships this season. Well, you know, the beauty of these Housewives shows are all about, you know, shifting dynamics in friend groups and reconciliation and finding ways forward. So I believe they'll find their way through it if that's happening, but... I root for Candace in a way. Um, I love Candace. She's an activator. She's good TV in that sense. And I've also heard that there may be a blast from the past uh, making some appearances. And Cha-Cha or Katie? <laughs> well, we've seen that both of them were at a, a party. Yes. So, that, so both of them. But I was thinking another blast from the past. I, I've heard that there's a... Uh, that there's somebody from the Housewives universe who may be lurking around and we may see. Not from not not a Potomac Housewife? I'm not gonna say nothing else beyond that. <gasps> okay, wait. Before I let you go, how are my Dallas Housewife girls doing? Because I know you keep in touch with them. They're doing well. Yeah, the girls are all good. Do you miss Dallas? Are you sad it got the axe? So I don't think I would share this story with the world. And I don't know if I said this to you, Dave, although you and I say a lot to each other and we tell each other everything. I was asked to be the executive producer of the Dallas Housewives. Oh, my God. What? Yes, exclusive. Oh, my God. Carlos, wait. So this was for season, a possible season five or from the beginning? Okay, so season one of Dallas Housewives aired. I watched it, and I was like, hmm, there's something missing about this show. There's something missing. It was evident that the breakout star was Leanne Locken. I mean, anybody with eyeballs can see that. Correct. Uh, But I always felt like, okay, something's missing. I was approached to executive produce season two of Dallas Housewives. I was approached by high-level executives to take over the show. Okay. By the man that I call the white Carlos King? (laughs) He was a part of the conversation. (laughs) Okay, okay. Continue. Okay. I was like, yeah, why not? I'll do it. I said, but if I do it, I will have to have my company be a part of it. If I do it, I'm not going to do it as like a freelancer. Those days are gone. Long story short, unfortunately, the producer of the company or the owner, whatever, um, wasn't feeling it. Like, I got to share this company title with Carlos King. That ain't happening. So the conversation ended there. And I wanted to do it because I saw the potential in that franchise. And because I had success with Atlanta, success, success with New Jersey, I wanted to, like, turn Dallas out. I was actually, like, a little bit excited with the possibility of taking over Dallas. But it did not work out. So I'm sad to see it not be around. But I will say this. If it was ever to come back, I would be open to the conversation again. But my question to you, Dave Quinn, is do you think Dallas would ever come back? Oh, gosh. Okay. I, my my head is really exploding at the idea of you doing that. And, of, you know, of course, th- I'm frustrated that you did not tell me this when I was writing the book. <laughs> 
because that would have been such a good nugget to put in there. But, you know, it's very interesting because if you read that chapter, we talk about the producer, Rich Bai from Goodbye Pictures, who had not had experience working with Housewives before. He had done a ton of other things for Bravo, and he's an incredible producer and has done mm-hmm. incredible shows. But yes. this is a different beat, and the show didn't start as a Housewives show, as many shows that are in development happen, you know, start in a different direction and it kind of turned into a housewife show and learning how to kind of edit for that was challenging for him. And I think that cast ran away and ran kind of all over them. I don't think that, uh, so when you ask about it, wanting to come back, I don't see it coming back because I think that cast really lost themselves. The, the number one piece of advice that I give to housewives when I meet them, when they're brand new housewives. And I just did this with the, I met a bunch of the Dubai ladies when they were here in New mm. York. And I pull them aside and I give them my, you know, three or four things that I think they need to know before they enter into this journey of the show airing. And I say, you have to work as a cast. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It is something you want four, five, six seasons on the show. You don't want to be isolating people, pushing them out, refusing to film with anyone. That's why I think Potomac is so successful because Giselle and Karen oil and water but they understand the importance of the other they never say i'm not filming with her um it's why i'm glad that Portia's not around this season because i know how difficult it was for her to film with kenya and i think it really as a viewer it really we felt it because there wasn't a connection there and it wasn't fun for us as viewers to see them isolating each or or her really isolating Kenya, not wanting to be around her and not engaging. So again, you have to work as a team. And I don't think the Dallas women towards the end knew really how to work or even from the beginning knew how to work as a team. So if it comes back, it it can't be with those women. I I would, if I were you, give me uh, the Real Housewives of Houston, please. Yes, I would love to do a Real Housewives of Houston. Um, I have a lot of ideas about that. I'll call you separately so we can discuss <laughs> it because you know, I, I am ready for it. There is not a single Housewives franchise on Bravo right now produced by a black-owned production company, and I would really love to see that shift. And I know somebody who would be great at it. So uh, give it to us, Carlos K. (laughs) As busy as I am, I have time to produce television because I love what I do. And I have said it on the record. I, I think it would be such a great success story for the network to say that the first black guy to executive produce the Real Housewives franchise and to have that franchise be Atlanta for me to break records on my first season being the EP on the show, to have created a franchise on the Oprah Winfrey Network called Love and Marriage, to have Monique Samuels anchor the Love and Marriage DC show, why wouldn't you say, like, it would be a great story we gave Carlos King a Black-owned production company, a housewife show. I mean... It's about damn time. Yeah, I'm all for it. And then you can hire a white guy like me to work for you. And I totally would. And listen, I already said this to you, and I would go on the record saying this. I said it to you in private. I'll say it publicly. When I have my first book, you're writing it. Like, you, you, I'm, you've already hired. I'm down. I can't wait. That will be an absolute joy. It'll write itself because you're so verbose that I'll, all I'll have to do is transcribe. <laughs> Oh, yes, honey, because I have a life that needs to be shared. 
Well, listen, I'm here to watch it all and listen to it all. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, listen, we could talk for another two hours. You know we can, but promise me you'll come back on the podcast. Anytime. So that we can talk about other stuff because we, again, there's so much more in store on this podcast that I need to pick your brain on something else. I'm always on the other end of the phone when Carlos King calls. So Dave, let the world know where they can find you, follow you, what, you, what you've been up to, where they can buy your New York Times bestselling book and all those great things. Oh yeah, so the book, uh, Not All Diamonds and Rosé is uh, for sale everywhere books are sold. And uh, and the audiobook is out with Amy Phillips, who we all know and love doing a lot of the accents. So if you guys are audiobook fans, she's the best. Uh, definitely pick that up. And then I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Nine Daves. And I share a lot of my writing there. I work for People Magazine and Entertainment Weekly and a bunch of other spots. I may have a podcast of my own that I'm working on. Yeah! <laughs> it will not be anything like this. I can't top anything like this. But oh, please. I'm going You're in the a best. totally different. I'm going in a totally different direction. But uh, I want to offer something that Housewives fans don't have right now uh, in the pantheon of podcasts. So uh, a little teaser there. <laughs> well, we are going to follow, like, subscribe, review, and everything else. I will love you. Love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thoughts, opinions, email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at the Carlos King underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag Reality with the King. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks, engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More sauce.